They were running into the temple after their great weekends, and they would say, man, as long as I'm in the house of the Lord, man, I feel saved. Nothing will happen to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says, uh-uh. Don't work that way. You have to repent. You have to live holy lives. There has to be a change in attitude in life. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, in today's lesson, we'll take a look at what it takes to enjoy true communion with the Lord. Raul will urge us to open our hearts and tune out any competing voices that could cloud our commitment to God's truth. Keep listening to see that false teaching and empty religion will lead you astray, but the Lord will guide you in righteousness. Now, here's Raul Reese in Jeremiah chapter 7 with the lesson, Powerless Religion. Jeremiah is about 20 years old, and God calls him. He's pretty wealthy. He comes from a wealthy family. But the Lord calls him and calls him to be a prophet. And Jeremiah is so humble that he says, Lord, who am I that I should go and speak for you? And the Lord said, it's not who you are. It's who I am in you. Remember that, you guys. It's not who you are. It's who Christ is in you that makes all the difference in our lives. So imagine, let's go back in history. Now, 2,700 years before, here is Jeremiah. And he is asked by God to go to the temple it would be like on Sunday morning here, which to them it would be the Sabbath day on Saturday. And he says to me, Raul, this week I don't want you to preach from your pulpit. I want you to preach from the parking lot. As the people are parking their cars. And I want you to give them this message. Where in Jeremiah 26 is inside preaching to the people. And these are not heathens. These are all God's people that are coming to church. And this is what he says. He begins in chapter 7, verse 1. Notice. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying. So this is now God's word. The people were coming to the temple to worship. And yet the people were believing the lies of the false teachers and the false prophets, neglecting the true word of God. Do we see that today? Of course we see that today. Now here is Jeremiah called by God to go as a scribe, as a prophet, as a pastor, and speak to God's people. And to say this. Verse 2. Stand In the gate of the Lord's house. And proclaim there this word. And say listen to the word of the Lord. All of you of Judah. Who are entering at these gates to worship the Lord. Notice directly he lets you know. It's the house of God. He's not ministering to non-believers. He's ministering to those people that are coming to church. But they're outside. 
And he's preaching from the outside of the building. And what's incredible here, proclaiming those three words. Stand, proclaim, and hear. And then he says this, verse 3. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, now he's prophesying. The God of Israel, he says, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. What's the first thing that God deals with? Is their personal lives. The worship of God. Notice how he starts. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, the God of Israel. Amen means change your lifestyle. If you want to come to the house of the Lord, you need a change of heart. You need a change of life. You need to change your ways. Otherwise you can't worship God. And then he says this. Notice. He says, change your ways and your doings, and I, God, will cause you to what? To stay in this house, to live in this house. I'll allow you to come in and worship. Otherwise, you can't come in. And if you come in, you'll receive nothing from the Lord. Because watch what he says next, verse 4. He says, stop trusting in these lying words, saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Why did he say it three times? He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. This is what they were doing. He says, quit trusting in religion. Well, if I go to church this Sunday, I'm going to do a good deed. They were living like hell throughout the week and on the day of Shabbat or the day of Sunday for us to come to church, they would come with a false humility and a false holiness before the Lord. God calls that what? Today he said hypocrisy. So God is really pouring out. He's really speaking to them through Jeremiah. He says, stop playing church. He says, verse 5, For if you thoroughly change your ways and your doings, now if you repent, if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with your attitude, if you're honest with your dealings in your life, if you really look within, and you know what you're doing and who you are, and you make a stand to repentance, then God will honor you. He will stand by you. He says, and if you thirdly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, what they were doing also is they were being unfair, like a boss being unfair with his what? Employees. And being a respecter of persons. See, it's not just in the church. It's what you do outside of the church. What you do at home, what you do at work, what you do at the gym. It's not just in the church. It's outside of the church. He says, by the way, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your own hurt. What is that? These are the things they were doing. God's people, worshiping other gods, hurting themselves, not hurting God, hurting themselves. Because they wouldn't listen to what God said. Verse 7. He says, Then I will cause you 
to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Men, if you just repent and get right with me, everything will be clean. Notice he's asking them to see what they're going to do. What are you going to do? I'm laying it before you. Point number two. Notice verse 8 to 11. The indifference is here to godly living. He says, Behold, your problem is that you're trusting in lying words that cannot profit you. You're listening to the wrong people. You're listening to people that don't know God's word. Pretty heavy, man. You're trusting in lying words that will never profit. There's people like that today. That they're listening to their friends or listening to their families that are ungodly. And instead of doing what God says, they compromise and they do wickedness instead of being righteous before God. And God says, I can't bless that. I'm sorry. I can't bless it and I can't bless you. You say, well, what kind of things? Well, he's going to tell you verse 9. Number one, will you steal? Stealing from your job. Paper, pens, paper, or whatever it may be. Money. Whatever it is. Materials. Not paying God his tithe that he owns. You never give to God. That's stealing. And when you steal, you got to pay back. And God charges interest when you pay back. And then what else? You know, stealing from your employer's time. You sign in your card. You show up late, you leave early. Instead of leaving on time, you take too many breaks. That's stealing. Murder. Maybe you've never killed anybody, but you hate somebody. That's murder. And then what else? You commit adultery. Not maybe physically, but think how many people commit adultery spiritually. And here it speaks literally, committing adultery. There's so much adultery in the church today, physically. The only thing that God honors is marriage. And apart from marriage, it's fornication, it's sin. And then swearing falsely, and then burning incense to Baal, the God of power. Notice that. And walking after other gods whom you don't even know, but yet you worship. He's talking to believers. He's talking to his people that come every Sabbath day to his church. And he's rebuking them. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Stay with us. We'll return with more in just a moment. first time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth. And we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light, to be a witness of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart. We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. 
We are called to know the purpose God has for our lives and to be in God's perfect will so that we can complete the work He has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life. Rawls' new book, Sermon of Sermons, is available at somebodylovesyou.com. Now here's Raul Reese once again with the conclusion of the lesson, Powerless Religion. Verse 10. And then you come, check this out, and then you have the gall to come here in the house of God and to stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Wow. They were saying, as long as I go to church, I can live like hell throughout the week, and then when I go to church... You know what? God will forgive me. But he doesn't forgive until there's true repentance. You cannot play with God. God will not be played with. You will reap to your sin. So it's really important that we understand what Jeremiah is writing here. He's writing with a pen. And he's giving detail to the people of God in the sins they were caught up with. He says, yeah, you come into my house after living like hell all week long, and you think you're going to be delivered. You got it all wrong. I'm sorry. Check this out. Verse 11 was quoted also in the New Testament by Jesus in Matthew 21, 13, when he went in and cleansed the temple. He says, has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes. Behold, I, God, even I, God, have seen it, saith the Lord God. What does he say? I'm not asleep. I'm not stupid. I see what you do. You can't hide from me. And then you come into my house and you sit here piously as a Christian. And yet you're not. Who are you lying to? You're lying to yourself. Satan got you good. Because really, you're on your way to hell. Not on your way to heaven. So God knows what he's saying through the prophet. And then, point number three, verses 12 to 15, he gives the example of what happened at Shiloh. Watch this, verse 12. He says, but I want you to go now. It would be like this. Go to West Covina, go to Glendora, go to L.A., go to Hollywood, go to Kansas City, go to New York, go to any state or any country, and go look up a church that at one time was happening and see what happened to that church. Is it still standing? He says this. But go now to my place, which is in Shiloh, which was, past tense, which was in Shiloh. That's where the tabernacle was setting down when they came out of Egypt. He says, where I said my name at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. Wow. What did he do? One word. Write this down. Ichabod. The glory has departed. The glory has departed. There's no more glory. The presence of God is no longer there. He says, you want to learn? Go look at my house. Look what I did. I took my presence away from there. Because the way they were living. Verse 13. And not because you have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I have spoken to you. Notice, rising up early in the morning, 
speaking, but you did not hear me. And I called you, but you did not answer me. Notice God is over and over talking. Therefore, I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. What's he going to do? Ichabob. See you later. I'm leaving. They were worshiping the house of God and not worshiping God. Anybody can come into the house of the Lord, but we don't worship the house of the Lord. We worship God. This place does not save anybody. They were running into the temple after their great weekends, and they would say, man, as long as I'm in the house of the Lord, man, I feel saved. Nothing will happen to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says, "Uh uh-uh. Don't work that way. You have to repent. You have to live holy lives. There has to be a change in attitude, in life, in order for God to work. If not, he says, my house will become Ichabob. Think of how many people's lives are Ichabob today. The glory has departed because they don't change. Wow, that's heavy. Then check this out what he says. He goes on. He's, as he's talking about this whole Shekinah glory. Verse 15, And I will cast you out of my sight, and I will cast you out of all your brethren, and the whole posterity of Ephraim, like the northern kingdom of Israel, the same thing will happen to you. I'm going to send Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon will come and take you away. I'm going to judge you. And then in verses 16 to 20, listen what else they were doing. The worship of the queen of heaven. Therefore, do not pray for these people. He's telling Jeremiah, Jeremiah, don't pray for these people, nor lift up a cry of prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, because I will not hear you. Wow. Then he says this. He says, don't you see what they do in the city of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead dough, and they make cakes to the queen of heaven. Who's the queen of heaven? Ishtar. The Babylonian's goddess, the moon god. They were worshiping by making cakes and offering cakes. These are not heathens. These are God's people doing this. He says, and they pour out drink offerings to other gods, and they may provoke me to anger. Do they not provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to shame their own faces? He says, don't they have any shame? They don't turn red anymore. They just do it. Hardened hearts. Hardened hearts. They don't care. He says, therefore, because of this, thus saith the Lord God, behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out on this place. What place? The house of God. On men, on animals, on trees, on the fields, on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Could that be why America is going down the tubes? Oh yeah. God sets up whoever he wants in government to get you back on track because the Lord's coming soon. This is what he's saying. And then finally, look what he says. Verse 21 to 26. He says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, 
the God of Israel. He says, add burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in that day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, which is a type of the world concerning burnt offering and sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them saying, check this out, obey my voice. Underline that. Obedience is the key. All I said is listen to me, obey me. Obey my voice, and I will be your God. You will be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. So if I am obedient to God, I'm going to walk in godliness and holiness. I'm going to be in fellowship with God, and He's going to be in fellowship with me. Isn't that neat? Simple. And then he says this, verse 24, Yet, they did not obey or incline their ear. But they followed the counsels and the dictates of their own evil hearts. Wow. Jeremiah 79. The heart is deceitful, desperate, wicked. Who could know it? I, the Lord, know your hearts. They followed their own hearts. And check this out. They followed the counsel and dictates of their own hearts and went backwards instead of what? Forward. Think about that. They were going backwards. Instead of progressing, they were digressing. Since in that day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt, even until this day, I have even sent to call all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them to you. He says, what more do you want? I send my prophets, you don't listen to them. You want to do your own thing. Yet... Verse 26, they did not obey me nor incline their ear, but they stiffened their necks and they did worse than their fathers. Generation to generation. He says, they did worse than their fathers, now it's their children, and then they'll be their children and their children, and generation to generation gets worse and worse and worse instead of better. They don't learn. As you consider your God-given calling to make a positive spiritual impact on our world, we hope you'll remember today's assurance that you're not acting on your own. It's the Lord working through you. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Now, if you'd like to hear an extended version of today's message, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Just ask for Raul's teaching titled Powerless Religion when you get in touch with us. To further bolster your confidence, we'd like to tell you about Raul's new book titled Sermon of Sermons. It's a resource that provides a comprehensive look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and its practical instructions for a God-glorifying life. You'll see that when you pursue a genuine relationship with the Lord and walk in obedience to His will, He can use you to do mighty things for His kingdom. To purchase Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons, call 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. We'll send your copy for just $12 plus shipping and handling. That phone number again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves You Radio is a listener-supported ministry, and we'd like to thank you for your generous partnership. Your donations are a blessing, and every contribution you make is tax-deductible.
Join us next time as we continue our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We'll meditate on the Lord's infinite mercy. We'll see that we should never take the grace of God for granted, but instead keeping short accounts with God for the sin in our lives. Now, with a closing comment, here's Rawl. I would pray for this generation, men, that we would open our eyes and open our hearts and open our ears. And that we, as we're here tonight, and those that are not here tonight, and those watching through the inner, whatever it is, that our church, I'm just talking about our church, that our church would be transformed and changed in such a way, man, that things would change drastically here. You know why? Because God wants to use your lives. You know when revival comes? Revival comes when nightclubs and bars and jails are emptied. And nightclubs and bars close down. And the liquor and the drugs are no longer dominating, but they're going bankrupt. And people are hurting financially because you're not buying them anymore. That's when revival comes. When my people that are called by my name repent. And when we make a change in our lives and we make a change in our homes and we make a change in our community, then we can make a change in our city and we can make a change in our nation. And then we can make a change in the world. But it's going to have to take first place in our lives to come to the throne of God and get our faces before the Lord and call upon His name and ask Him to forgive us. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.